Hi, I'm Blake Gilman, the Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Care Services at LCS. You're listening to the Healthcare Highwire, the LCS Health Services Division premier podcast that inspires to provide meaningful and pertinent content that gives you an edge in balancing business and healthcare. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. Our host today has over 40 years of experience in post-acute care services. She has served as Director of Clinical Operations, Clinical Compliance Specialist, and Director of Nursing Services. She has been president of a post-acute care consulting firm where she managed a team of clinical specialists providing services to over 100 healthcare facilities across the U.S. She joined LCS in 2013, where she is the Director of Clinical Services for our Life Plan Communities. Here, she leads the nurse consulting team providing community support in developing and monitoring clinical systems, policies, and procedures to ensure superior quality of care and regulatory compliance. Today's host is Sandy Toole. Our guest today has over 35 years as a registered nurse. She has dedicated 28 years to post-acute care services. Directly out of nursing school, she cared for the residents in a long-term care facility where she developed a passion to care for the elderly. Having a strong desire to build on her clinical skills, she spent eight years working in acute care. But her passion for the elderly demanded she return to her first true love, long-term care. She has been the Director of Nursing Services for 28 years where it seems that leadership must come naturally to her. Our guest is currently the Director of Nursing at Sedgebrook in Lincolnshire, Illinois. Please welcome Kim Akinya. Hi everyone, I'm Sandy Toole. Welcome to Healthcare Highwire. This is the first in our series of Spotlight on Nurses, hosted by the Health Services Division. I'm joined today by Kim Akinya, the Director of Nursing at Sedgebrook in Lincolnshire, Illinois. Welcome, Kim. Thank you. Hi, Sandy. You know, Kim, um, we've been colleagues for a couple of years now, but I'm not really sure. How long have you been the Director of Nursing at Sedgebrook? This is going into my seventh year. Oh, I did not realize it had been that long. That is a beautiful community. Can you just tell me in a few words why you love being a director of nursing? I think when I initially took the job as director of nursing, I really felt like I had an opportunity through my leadership to make a difference in an industry that was ever-changing. And there were definitely opportunities for growth and improvement. And I thought having a mentor that was not only a Joint Commission accredited surveyor, but also had extensive background in long-term care regulations that this was an opportunity to combine my knowledge and my mentorship and manage an organization with the best practice standards as possible. And I've always been very passionate in this industry. And so it came very naturally for me. Well, you've done an amazing job there. You know, you're running a five-star rated uh, community. So kudos to you. My, my hat's off to you, to the work that you do there every day. Uh, you're just an awesome leader and you have a great team that works with you. You know, um, Kim, 2020 at the beginning of the year was proclaimed the year of the nurse in honor of the 200th birth anniversary of Florence Nightingale. I really don't think the nation realized just how true those words would be as the worldwide pandemic has really proven that this is definitely year of the nurse. You know, can you tell me how has COVID-19 really affected you and your staff there? 
It was traumatic to say the least. It was certainly unexpected. And I've had conversations with my colleagues and also physicians who have clearly stated that this COVID epidemic or pandemic has been the number one most significant undescribable change in our industry. None of us can even equate anything we've ever experienced to this time. It's been overwhelming, but I was very fortunate to have a strong clinical team with people who were passionate about what they do and cared. And also having an organization in which the ownership of the organization cared about what was going on in the front line moved me tremendously. We had many go-to meetings and, and Zoom meetings and the emotion that I felt from the top leadership at LCS as well as the owners only reinforced to me that I was in the right place and that I was working for an organization who really cared about the people that they served as well as the employees that worked for those people. So it was an emotional time and it still is. It, it makes me almost cry when I think about what we've gone through and how far we've come so far. I'm just proud to be a part of this organization. I think yesterday, or uh, not yesterday, but last week, when we were having a brief conversation uh, during your virtual visit, I really do think at that time, Kim, you, you got a little emotional and I, I thought, oh my goodness, she, she is gonna cry here. But I think that's one of the things that I just really love about you is the passion that you bring to that community and to your position as a whole. You know, you're a really good communicator and just how important do you think that communication has been during this time? I think it's critical on all levels, from the frontline staff all the way up to the executive levels. Keeping your pulse on what's going on at the top as well as frontline level is been really the key in keeping it organized. Things cannot happen when people don't know what's going on. And so we try to, at every moment of change and significant circumstances, make sure that we went back not only to the families, but to the frontline staff and let them know. So I've always felt like there was a twofold communication and service that I was responsible for. One was to communicate what was going on in the industry and our circumstances in our building in particular. At the time, we were going through our most critical points, but also keeping the staff in the loop. I believe that that is what helped. And we were just fortunate at Sedgebrook because everybody pulled through, everybody showed up. And it just made my job that much easier. You know, obviously that starts at the top, Kim. Um, you've spoken a lot about the, the leadership at the community and I'm really grateful that I had the opportunity to be there and, and work alongside of your team. You know, including your medical director, everybody there is, uh, they all work for the same purpose. You're all going the same direction and clearly that's one thing that makes you so successful there. Is there any advice that you would give to communities who maybe haven't really even had a COVID-19 positive case to date, and maybe they're looking to even just start a unit, bring residents in from the outside, um, knowing we're gonna be taking care of COVID-19 most likely into 2021. Is there some advice that you would give to those communities? I think the most important thing is to have a strategic plan. Sit down and write out how are you going to transition into this new system? 
make sure that you combine all the basic standards that are required under our regulatory bodies. And then make sure that your staff are educated on it. They need to know exactly what is expected of them. I think that the most difficult thing about this circumstance is it's so new and the regulations change so quickly. But if at any point you don't make sure that you include the frontline staff in the decision and the transition, I think it makes it that much more difficult for you to stay consistent. So systems management is critical. And um, sitting down and having goal set, uh, goal for set times that you want to roll out certain processes, education and training, and the importance of competencies during this time is quite exhausting. It's certainly not something I would say that I look forward to ever going through again, but Having done that, I'm very proud of, of what we have established and has been able to maintain over the last five months. Well, you bring up a very good point, Kim, in that I think you said it's quite exhausting. So let's skip ahead just a second here. I'd really like to know what Kim Akinya does in her free time. How do you like to spend your time when you get home in the evening and, you know, maybe you can prop your feet up with a book or a glass of wine or, you know, what, what is Kim Akinya like when she leaves Sedgebrook at the end of the day? Well, in a non-COVID world, <laughs> Kim Akinya likes to read avidly. I'm a huge sci-fi fan and I love foreign Netflix miniseries as well. But I laugh because if you came to my office, which is just inundated with paper everywhere, I have about 300 pages of things that I pulled offline from CMS, Department of Public Health, Sirens, and that has been my, my most frequent go-to reading at this point. But I click off best when I'm reading for leisure, and that's what I love to do. And other than staying connected with my family through technology now, because I haven't touched my kids in six months, but we do FaceTiming and Zooming on a regular basis, which is, have been our new normal these days. I can cut off and kind of detach myself from Sedgebrook life. Well, Kim, I know your time is so valuable these days. So I'd just like to thank you for agreeing to have this discussion with me today. But most importantly, I'd like to thank you so much for everything you do every day for the residents and the staff at Sedgebrook. So thank you so much, Kim, for joining me. Thank you, Sandy. And it doesn't hurt to have a wonderful nurse consultant that's always there for you when you need it. And I appreciate the support and help that you've given me through the course of the last five months. Couldn't have done it without you either. Great, thanks so much, Kim. And thank you all for listening to Healthcare Highwire. Legal disclaimer, Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast.